Welcome to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank with Janet Kunst. It's time to turn up your company's marketing efforts. We'll show you how with a variety of actionable plans that you can start using right now. Get ready. Big results are just ahead. Now, here is your host, Janet Kunst. Hello, and welcome to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. I'm Janet Kunst, your host, and I'm so glad that you're joining us today because we are going to be talking about the anatomy of an optimized page. And I'm really excited about this topic because it's one of those top questions that I get uh, a lot from my clients, which is how do I make sure that my website or my content is optimized? And this is part two in our SEO lab series where we're really taking a closer look at search engine optimization, what it is, and how to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to ensure your website and your content is working for you so people can find you quickly and easily. And in part one, which was a couple of weeks ago, we uh, began to build our SEO foundation by taking a look at search engine optim, what it is, and the parties involved in the process, and the important words and how to find them, and the fact that understanding context and intent is paramount to succeeding in your SEO efforts. So that we're on the same page, um, let's start uh, with a brief recap of what we did last last time. And so uh, as the dictionary defines search engine optimization, it's the process of maximizing the number of visitors to a particular website by ensuring that the site appears high on the list of results returned by a search engine. So when we're talking about search engine optimization, we're concentrating specifically on your organic traffic, how they're going to find you naturally based on what they type into Google or Bing or Yahoo or any of the other search engines. We are not talking about paid traffic like Google AdWords. So let's begin um, with a breakdown of, of this definition a little bit. In essence, there are three players when it comes to SEO. You have the searcher who is the one that's actually looking for information on their journey. Um, So they usually start with a broad topic and they get more and more specific as they hone in on the solution to their question or their problem or their quest. And then next we have the search engine, which is the vehicle that's being used to find whatever the searcher is looking for. So whether it's Bing, Google, or Yahoo, or any of the other search engines, they're just constantly combing the Internet to make sure that they have discovered the relevant content associated with whatever the searcher is asking for. And then the third player is the marketer, who is you, um, who is searching? Who who really just wants to be found for what the searcher is looking for? And as the marketer, you want to make sure you show up on the first page of the results of the search engine to deliver for a variety of reasons, including the fact that um, 75 people never pa- uh, scroll past the first page of the search engines, and the first five results in Google usually get about 67 percent of all the clicks. So the further away you get from page one, uh, the more likely your searcher is not going to find you. Um, And there are two types of search queries that uh, a typical searcher will will use. So there's the non-branded queries, which is when they're looking for what you do or the services that you, you provide and not necessarily for you. And that means that they're doing a general search and they may not even know who you are yet. And then the second type of query that um, people are performing on uh, Google and the other search engines is a branded query when they actually know who you are and are looking specifically for you. And that probably means that they're a lot further along in their customer journey and are looking for more specific specific information about you and your competitors. So ideally, you want to show up in both types of searches so that you are able to join the searcher as close to the beginning of the search um, and their customer journey as possible. So let's look at an example of this in in practice uh, and see how both of these queries play out. So let's say you're the searcher and you're looking for a new computer, but you're really not quite sure what you need. So the first search that you may make is for best computers or even best computers 2018 um, so that you you get the most current information because you don't want anything from like 2016 or 2015. So you want the most current information. 
Then you start reading some of the articles that show up on page one, and you begin to get an idea of the specific uh, features that you may want with your new computer. So you start doing searches for computers that have those features. So maybe it's you want a really great graphics card, or you want to start comparing laptops to desktops or something along those lines. And then after that, you're, at this point, you're really still conducting a non-branded query, um, but you've really narrowed it down to two or three different computer companies. And so now you start doing that branded search that we talked about, where you're looking at the exact specifications of each of the computers and the pricing um, so that you're ready to make your decision. And ultimately, you as a searcher will make that choice. But the question is whether you as the marketer have done enough to be included in that short list based on how easily you've been found at each stage of the search process. So the key is showing up in these searches is to understand what the searcher is typing into the search engines to find you, and those are your keywords and phrases. So from a marketing perspective, the idea is to be is to find those keywords and keyword phrases that best describe what you have to offer and are the words and phrases that your target um, audience is using to find you. So those keywords and phrases, as we looked in our, um, in our little example there, can vary significantly depending on where they are in their customer journey. So it could be a non-branded uh, query or it could actually be somebody that's specifically looking for you and, the, and your products and services. And you really have to find that balance between the two so that you'll, you'll be found no matter what their search is. So what you want to do is you really want to have a mix of broader keyword terms and what's known as long-tail keywords, which are more specific in nature, so they're, they're towards the end of the search, um, and they usually have about two or three more or more words in that phrase. And you really want to make sure that you're choosing keywords that have a meaning to your customers and that are, have a high volume of searches per month, but, a lot, but not a whole lot of competition, which means that there aren't a whole lot of pages out there that have those specific keyword terms, because that's how you're going to get to the top of the search engines. And if you really want a more detailed explanation of how to find those keyword terms, then I suggest that you go back and listen to part one of the SEO Lab series because that's where we really got into that and how to determine which of your keywords to use. And then once you've um, chosen your keywords and phrases and, that you want to use and you know at what stage your uh, customers are in, in that sales process, it's time to start putting all that information to good use on your website and in all of your content. So the way that we're going to do that is to look at the, um, the optimization. And there are two types of optimization. There's on-page SEO and there's off-page SEO. And Moz.com defines them this way. On-page SEO is the practice of optimizing individual web pages in order to rank higher and earn more relevant traffic in search engines. On-page SEO um, refers to both the content and the HTML so source code of a page that can be optimized as opposed to off-page SEO, which refers to the links and other external signals. And today we're strictly going to talk about on-page SEO and save our discussion of off-page SEO for next week. And the reason why we're going to do that is you want to make sure that everything on your website is um, as good for the search engines and for your readers as possible because if it's not, then the off-page SEO isn't going to make any difference. So let's get started. Um, the, uh, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to um, look at, we, as I said, we're going to concentrate on on-page SEO, and that means making sure that you do everything that you can um, on each of your website pages, including your blog posts, to tell Google what your page or post is about and what keywords um, that particular page should rank for. So there's a couple of things that you need to have ready before we get started. Um, the first thing is you need to have those uh, keyword terms and phrases. You should have a really good list of terms that your ideal customer is going to use in their searches. And if you've done your keyword research 
correctly, um, you should probably check to see if there are certain terms that you can group into buckets or categories um, that are similar to each other and can probably be used interchangeably to describe each other. So if you have those buckets, put, put your keywords and phrases into those buckets. And if you haven't already done so, see if there are some synonyms that people use to describe your keywords and phrases. Um, I recommend this because the search engines are smart and are able to understand the similar terms and phrases when they're crawling your website. So in addition to that, in addition to that, it'll make your text more readable so that it doesn't look like you're writing specifically for the search engines. Um, and I know that you're not, but this is just a reminder. And with that, we're going to take our first break. So when we come back, we are going to dive into the anatomy of an optimized page. So stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Let's face it. Marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411MarketingSolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. That's 411MarketingSolutions.com. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. So before the break, we took a quick review of the key elements to building a strong SEO foundation, and we started looking at um, how to start your on-page SEO. And now let's start uh, dissecting how to optimize your your content page by page. So uh, for argument's sake, uh, let's say that you're loading a new blog post to your website, and... um, these instructions actually go for any page, but it's probably easier to discuss with a specific type of page in mind, so we're going to look at a blog post. So the first element that you want to look at for optimization is your title or your page title or your blog title. And if you went through our blogging bootcamp series, you know that it's important to have a good title to draw your audience in. And it's equally important that you craft your title so that it entices the search engines to rank you for what your post is about, uh, which is your keyword terms for that specific post. So if your keyword phrase is short, um, see if there's a way that you can include it in the title of your blog, but don't force it. Uh, remember, you want to make sure that the title is readable for your audience and the search engines. 
So if you're having trouble including um, your keywords in your title, um, just make sure that you include it in the H1 heading on your page, which should be somewhere towards the beginning of your blog post. And remember that the title is what will show up in the, in the um, search engines. So you want to make sure that it's enticing for both the, for the searchers to actually click on it. Um, to to go and actually read it. And I know that it's a balancing act, but you'll you'll really get the hang of it. And before your eyes start getting glazed over, um, I just want to give you an understanding a little bit about when I refer to H1 as a heading. Um, so let's take a look at that. So if you look at your website or your blog post, you, you can have different headings um, for your page. Um, on the coding side, on the HTML side, these are all referred to as H1, H2, H3, or H4, or even 5 or 6. And each one indicates a lower level of, of importance. So think about it as if you're reading a book or a textbook and you have your title, which is your H1 heading, and then under that you have different subheadings which, which break the, the content down into different, uh, different um, subgroups. And each of those subheadings is another um, heading to H tag. So the, the higher level um, subgroups are H2, and then they go down from there. So while it's technically HTML coding, you really don't need to worry because most of the website platforms actually give you an opportunity to choose whether your text is just a paragraph or a, a, a heading, and it will usually be a, a drop-down where you can choose what level of your heading is. So you don't have to worry about HTML code or anything like that. Just choose the, the level of heading, and, and you're all set. So for your title, you want it to be an H1 heading. Um, and you also, if you can, put it in the title uh, box for your post as well. So once you have that done, the next piece of information that you need to look at is the URL for your post or page. And what you want to do is you want to make sure that it's easy to read, it's descriptive of what the page is about, and it's SEO friendly. So if you can, you need to include your keyword if possible. And this is just another place that the search engines look for clues to what the content of your article or your page is about. So you want to keep the length of your URL to three to five words at most. And um, as a start, if you're working in WordPress, you'll need to make sure that you have set your permalinks, which is one of those functions under the Settings tab on your dashboard, to post name. Um, if you don't do that, what you'll do is you'll wind up with a random number for your um, URL or your URL will be really long and it will look awful. And it will be hard for the search engines to really um, index you for your keywords. Um, what, what WordPress will do is it will automatically set your URL to the post name so um, if I were posting to my blog page, it would uh, be something along the lines of 411marketingsolutions.com slash post name. Uh, and that's really what you want to do is you want to make sure that it's that simple and that clear. So um, if your title is too long or it doesn't contain your main keyword, because remember we said that you want to try to get it in, in your title, but if it doesn't work, don't worry about it, um, you can actually change the URL for your website um, or, or for that page so that it does contain your keyword and it is that uh, three to five words short and sweet. And all you need to do is if you're in WordPress, you just have to click edit um, button underneath your uh, post title. But keep in mind that you don't want to use symbols and you especially don't want to use underscores because um, uh, those won't show up really well in, in the search engines. And if you're using multiple words, don't worry, WordPress will actually add dashes between the words already, so don't use extra dashes in there either. Um, so hopefully that helps you set up your URL correctly. So now you have your title done and you have your URL done. The next thing that you need to look at is the actual content, the body of your post. 
And as we've been discussing, it's really important for you to use those keywords and phrases throughout your content so that the search engines can easily identify what your article is about and deliver that to the searcher who is specifically looking for that information. Um, We've also talked about the fact that when you write your content, you need to really write for your audience, not for the search engines, uh, which means that you need to deliver high-quality content that your readers find valuable. So even with those kind of caveats in mind, there are several tricks that you can use to make sure that your content is optimized for the search engines without it really appearing to be so. And and you really know what I'm talking about. You you know those um, pages that uh, you you just go to and you start reading the content and half of it doesn't make sense because it sounds stilted and you know that they're they're trying to um, put in specific words and, and phrases in there and it just doesn't sound right. You do not want to be that person. So um, once you have that in your brain and you've written all of your content, um, there, there's a couple of things that you want to be aware of. So the first thing that you want to make sure is that you use your keywords or phrases in the first 100 to about 150 words of text. And um, remember, remember when we started this discussion, I talked about the fact that you probably should have some synonyms for your keywords. This is where you can utilize those if it makes your text more readable. So if, and if you're really having trouble coming up with those synonyms, I keep saying synonym, um, but synonyms or those, those phrases that are related to your uh, keywords, the easiest way to, to do it is actually to do a search on your keywords for Google. And what you'll find is at the bottom of the page, uh, Google will actually give you a set of terms that are related to your keyword phrase. And this is really a great place to start because it means that Google has, and, and the other search engines actually recognize the relationship between your keyword or your keyword phrase and those terms listed. So you also want to use your keywords uh, and phrases throughout your content. Um, and what you want to do is you want to avoid what's called keyword stuffing. And this is a, a technique, and it's usually referred to as a black hat technique, where you utilize uh, your keywords excessively within your, con- uh, within your text to kind of try to game the search engines into ranking you for a specific keyword. Uh, the search engines have gotten way too smart for that, and in fact, if, you, if they find you uh, using this technique, they will penalize you for it. So you may uh, be asking, well, how much is too much when it comes to using your keywords throughout your text? So it really depends, um, but you want to keep your, uh, the usage of your keywords to about 1% to 3% of your entire text. So for example, if, you're using, if your post has about 1,000 words, that means that you should only use your keywords or phrases about 10 to 30 times in your article to be fully optimized. Next, you want to look at the layout for your content. Um, So not only does this help optimize the page, but it also helps with the readability for your audience. And and as we talked about before with the subheadings, I suggest that you include several of these to break your text up a bit. And with these subtitles, what you want to do is you want to use that H2 or H3 tag to make sure, and make sure that you use your keyword phrase or a synonym for your keywords in that tag. And the easiest way to do this is to look at your content as if um, you are uh, giving them a summary as an introduction, and then you break your, the main body of your, your content into three, or, three to five key points and each of those points is going to have a subheading, and then you're going to have your conclusion. Um, What I like to think about it is uh, in public speaking, what you're taught is you're taught to tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and tell them what you told them. So that's really what you're doing here is you're giving an overview, then you're breaking it down into your three to five points, and then you're giving your, your conclusion. And then the next question, obviously, that I would get, I get when we're talking about content, and we've talked about this in, in our um, uh, blogging boot camp uh, series, is how long should your blog post be? 
and it it's really a difficult question to answer. It used to be that you could get away with about 300 to 500 words, um, but in today's world, that doesn't seem to be quite enough, and the te- and we as readers and the search engines tend to like longer content, so you want to be um, making your articles at least a thousand words, if not more, in order to fulfill that need for us as readers who want to devour that content and as the search engines when they're looking for quality content. Okay, so now you have your title, your um, URL taken care of, and the body of your um, blog post taken care of. The next thing that you want to do is you want to start looking at um, the multimedia that you're using. And this is a really important part. It may not sound that important because it's not text, but it is important for you for your search engine optimization and for uh, to give your readers a little bit more readability and a little bit, bit of break from the text. So when we come back, we're going to pick up our discussion with videos and images. So stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Like what you are hearing on marketing that won't break the bank? Join our mailing list to receive show updates, exclusive bonus materials, and more information on marketing for small businesses. To sign up, visit 411marketingsolutions.com forward slash radio. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, Please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. So before the break, we started our discussion on the anatomy of an optimized page, and we looked at how to set up your title, your URL, and your body content for your post. Um, Next, we're going to take a look at how to set up uh, video and images on your post so that they're optimized for the search engines. So um, we are living in such a visual world today that it's really important to include some sort of media with each and every post. Um, At the very least, you can include an image, but you can also include um, videos to draw your audience's attention. And I'm not going to go into where to find images or how to make simple videos for your website and posts here, but you can really go back to some of the previous episodes of Marketing That Won't Break the Bank for a, a more detailed description. And the two that I would suggest that you go back and look at are the one titled Lights, Camera, Action, which talks about video, and 20 Tools for Blogging Success, which has a, a lot of information on where to find images um, and free images and uh, premium images. So check out those two episodes. Um, but the interesting thing about search engines is that they can't actually read video or images. So it's up to you to make sure that you've set them up appropriately so that the search engines uh, know uh, what they're about and how to categorize them. So there's a couple of things that you can do to help the search engines with identifying your videos and images. First, first let's look at images. 
So when you're uploading your images, um, you want to make sure that the file includes your key, the file name includes your keywords and keyword phrases before you upload it to your site. Um, it's really important to do that beforehand because no matter what you do, even if you modify the name in your website, it'll still have that old name attached to it. And, and a lot of times that's some random number and you don't want that random number in there. So make sure that you have your keyword phrases or a keyword attached to the name of your image file. And if you're using WordPress, what will happen is once you've uploaded your image, there's a couple of different uh, pieces of information that you can fill out that will help you with, your, uh, with optimizing your images. So the first piece is there's a place for alt text for the image. Um, and what this is is if the image won't show up, depending on your reader's um, browser, it may or may not show up. Most of the time it will, but just in case it doesn't. And for those that are, are uh, sight impaired, um, it'll be that readable text that shows up. So you want to make sure that you have uh, the name for that image in that alt text box. Um, so it'll get, and it just gives uh, people an idea of what your image is about. And then you also want to make sure that you fill out the description for the image that's right under that as well. And this will also help the search engines classify it and give them a better uh, opportunity to identify it with your keywords and phrases. And so, so that's what you need to do for images. And with videos, you, you do need to do the same thing. Um, but the one thing that I want to warn you about is not to upload your videos directly to your website. Um, and, and this has to do with uh, the speed of your website, so, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, if you upload video directly to your website, it's going to slow down your website considerably, and it could affect your rankings. So just make sure that when you're loading it, you're loading it to um, YouTube or Vimeo or some similar video service. And then what you're going to do is you're going to embed that into your website. Um, you'll want to make sure, again, that when you load that onto Vimeo or YouTube or wherever, that you're, that you're putting in a, a title that has your keywords in it, and you want to use um, your keywords in the description as well. Um, and, um, and, and while we're talking about uh, size of videos, we also need to talk about size of images, and I should have talked about this when we were talking about images. But you also want to make sure that your images are optimized for your website for your website. You don't want to upload uh, huge images. So try to keep your images or pictures um, under a meg. If you can get them under um, 500 kilobytes, that would be even better. Um, and if you're having trouble with that, there's a plugin called um, Smush It that you can use and it'll optimize your, your pictures for you. Um, the other thing, too, that when it comes to images that you want to be aware of is that um, there's a good chance that people are going to um, share your post to some of the social sites, and we're going to talk th about that in a minute. So you want to make sure that you have your images sized specifically for, say, Twitter or Facebook or Pinterest or uh, Instagram, um, because if you don't, then they're going to uh, turn out weird on, on those social sites. So there's a couple of different ways that you can do that. One of the best ways that I've found is to use a service uh, called Canva.com, and they have all of those different images sized out, and you can, you can uh, fix your, your images there and then download them and upload them to your site. Um, you can get all that information on uh, our discussion on the 20 um, tools for blogging that I talked about earlier. Okay, so now you have your content and your, um, your images or video or multimedia uh, optimized. Then there are a couple more things that you need to do to make sure that your um, optimization is, is complete for your page. Um, so the first thing that we're, we're going to look at is internal links. 
And I know that we talked about at the beginning of our discussion today that there's two different types of optimization that you want to look at, um, on-page optimization and off-page optimization. And usually when you're talking about off-page optimization, you're talking about links. Well, we are talking about internal links with on-page optimization because it's really uh, related to making sure that people stay on your site and that helps with your with the search engines knowing that your site is a trusted site. So um, what these links will do when you have internal links is it they'll take your readers to other content um, on your on your website that provides additional information that's directly related to their original search and how they originally found you. And it helps you do two things. Uh, it keeps the readers on your site longer um, as they explore that uh, related information, and it does allow the search engines to discover that, it, that uh, additional information as well. Um, so what you need to do is you need to make sure that um, you are linking specifically to all that uh, additional information. Um, and what you want to do is uh, in your post on some of those keywords that you've talked about, um, just put a link to that other information. And what I would suggest is that um, you don't use the standard click here as the text for that hyperlink because um, your the link is going to be ranked for click here, and if you're using that, that's not really going to help you. Um, so you want to make sure that you're using your keywords on that. Okay, so now we've talked about links, and the next thing that we um, need to make sure that you have optimized on your site is the meta description for your post. And this is um, what people will read um, right under your title in the search engine results. So when, when you type your, um, your keywords into the search engines and you get that list, what you'll see is you'll see the title, and then underneath that there will be a little bit of a description, and that's what we're talking about here. And uh, the reason why it's important to take a look at this is if you don't change it, most of the time what will happen is those those couple of lines will be the first lines of your article, and it may or may not give your readers a good understanding of what your post is about. So in WordPress, what you can do is there, there's a couple of different plugins that you could use to do this. The first is uh, Yoast SEO, or the other one is uh, All-in-One SEO. And I like them both. It just, it just depends on which you, you prefer. They both have the same type of uh, information that you can put in and, and the same type of information that they'll op- help you optimize your page for, but it's really up to you which one you use. Um, but what they both do in this instance is they actually allow you to add your own meta description and tags for each post, uh, which means that you're in control of what the search engines will display under your title when it comes up in those searches. Uh, And the one thing that you really need to make sure that you keep in mind when you're putting together those meta descriptions is to not uh, duplicate it from one page to the next because um, even though your article may not have the same information in it as another article, um, the search engines will see it as duplicate content and may or may not ding you um, for that when, when it comes to the search results that they, they produce and, and your ranking in the search results. Uh, the next one that we're going to look at is readability. And we've talked about this a little bit. Um, and it may not necessarily have much to do with the search engines, but it does have a lot to do with keeping your readers on your page. And it's really an indication of how easy or difficult your content is to read. And this is, um, and this is really important because if your content is really hard for people to read, they're not going to stick around and they're not going to come back later. So you want to make sure that uh, you test your uh, content's readability score. And there's a, a free tool that I really like that you can, you can use, and it's at webpagefx.com slash tools slash read dash a bowl. 
And what you do is you just, you can either put in the page um, URL and it'll give you an understanding of what's going on on that page. Or the other thing that you can do is you can actually put in the, the text for your uh, blog post and it'll give you the score for that. And, and it'll help you understand exactly what's going on and what you need to change. So readability is that next one. After that, this is something that as a social media marketer is near and dear to my heart. You need to make sure you have those social sharing buttons on your website and on each post. And you may be thinking, what the heck does that have to do with optimization? But it actually helps prove to the search engines that people really like your content. And when others like and share your content, the search engines actually do take notice. So the reason it, it, it's, it's helping the search engines know if your site is a trusted site or not. And it's a really a great way for you to attract other readers that your current audience is sharing your, their content with. So the two um, social sharing plugins that I would use in WordPress would be um, Shareaholic, which will give you all of the different types of um, uh, platforms that you can share to, and Click to Tweet, which will take you directly to Twitter. So with that, we are going to take our next break. And when we come back, we'll finish up our discussion on the anatomy of an optimized page. So stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let's face it. Marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411marketingsolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. That's 411marketingsolutions.com. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Today we've gone through a lot of information on how to optimize your page or post for the search engines. I have just a couple more things to talk about with regards to optimizing, and then we're going to take a look at some general do's and don'ts for on-page optimization. So first, I want to talk a little bit about uh, page loading speed. Um, This is one of those things that I was talking about when we uh, looked at images and video as far as making sure that they were they were loading correctly but when it comes to websites we we've really become impatient if a site doesn't load quickly and we aren't talking about seconds we're really talking about milliseconds before someone's going to go somewhere else if if your site doesn't load and i'm guilty of that 
uh, as well. It's amazing how impatient we are these days. So if you're having trouble with uh, your page loads, uh, there could be a couple of different reasons. One, it could be... um, that your video and images aren't optimized and and they're too big and it's taking a while for your your website to load those pages. The second is if you're using uh, WordPress or a similar type of um, website platform, you could have too many plugins. Plugins will slow down your site, so you want to make sure that you're using uh, as few as possible Um, but as many as you need to give your site the functionality that it needs. And then the third is it could actually be problems with your, the server yourself or your, your hosting company. So you really want to make sure that you're taking a look at your page loading speed at different times of the day and over a period of time just to make sure that your, your pages are loading optimally. And there's a way that you can do this. You can uh, quickly go to gtmetrics, uh, which is gtmetrix.com, and enter your website URL. And what it'll do, it, it's really cool because what it'll do is it'll actually give you a grade for your website and, and the speed, and it'll tell you exactly where uh, the problems are if you're having any problems, so that then you can go and and fix those problems. And then the second thing that you need to look look at is um, w- overall for your website is whether or not it's mobile friendly. And this really has to uh, do mainly with whether or not your site is responsive um, to the different size devices. And a couple of years ago, Google actually uh, came out and said that they're going to start penalizing sites that are not mobile-friendly, um, and what happens is you aren't going to show up in those mobile searches. So you want to make sure that your site is responsive and that it's showing up correctly on multiple types of devices. And you can actually check this out by going to search.google.com slash test slash mobile dash friendly. And it'll actually uh, do a site evaluation and tell you whether or not you're mobile friendly. And if you are, you're good to go. If you're not, you're going to have to take a look and see if there's something that you can do to um, make your site more responsive and uh, more mobile friendly. So that's really all that you need to know um, or, or at least the bare essentials that you need to know about optimizing a page or a post. Uh, and, then, and what I want to do is I want to wrap up our discussion a little bit um, by looking at some do's and don'ts. So the first do is you need to write high-quality, keyword-driven content. We've talked about this over and over again, it's really important that not only are you using your keywords correctly, but you are providing valuable content to your readers because if you aren't, uh, they're not going to come back to you. And you really want to drive that traffic to your website and provide that quality content that they're going to want and and, uh, deem as important because if they're coming to you, the search engines are going to say, this is a trusted site. The second is to use those uh, heading tags that we talked about and make sure that you're using them properly um, because that's really how the search engines are going to make sure, uh, again, that they have the right topic and you're talking about the right information. The third is to make sure that you're um, formatting your content as we talked about correctly. So you're using the H2 and H3 tags. You're making sure that your images and your videos are properly um, optimized. And then the the last thing is that you want to make sure that those meta meta tags and titles and descriptions are correct so that um, not only can the search engines find you correctly, um, but also your people can find you correctly. And then on the don't side, we talked about all of these before. You don't want to stuff, do keyword stuffing because it's going to take away from uh, the importance of your page. Um, you don't want to use fluff content. With, so uh, the search engines say, oh, 
this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, or people are bouncing too many times or leaving your site so, so much that it, it deems your content irrelevant. And you don't want to use duplicate um, titles and descriptions or content because the, the search engines will also ding you for that. So we've made it, and I hope that I've given you a framework that you feel comfortable optimizing your own posts and pages for the search engines. And congratulations, you've made it through uh, part two of the SEO Lab series, and I hope you're ready to go and put all of these uh, practices, uh, practices and techniques into practice. I'd love to follow your marketing journey, so connect with me at Twitter at Janet Kunst, on Instagram at Janet.Kunst, or on my Facebook page at 411 Marketing Solutions. And if uh, you have any questions about what we've covered or have a question that I didn't answer, just feel free to drop me a line at Janet at 411MarketingSolutions.com. And also, I'm really pleased and excited to announce that I have started a Facebook group specifically for marketing that won't break the bank. It's called Marketing That Won't Break the Bank Podcast, and the quick link to it is uh, bit.ly slash fb-mtwbtb. And what will happen is uh, each week after our regular broadcast, uh, I will be live in the Facebook group for a Q&A se- session where I'll answer all of your questions and give you some insider information that we didn't talk about on the show and even provide you with some worksheets that will help you implement what we discussed that day so that you can actually you can take immediate action. So going forward, you can leave comments and or questions in this Facebook group um, that I, I've set up exclusively for this community. So all you have to do is go to that Facebook group, ask to join, and I will approve you, and you'll be in our community. Um, so today, join join me about uh, five minutes after we finished our program here, and, um, and and what I'm doing is I'm calling this the after party. So there you, you can ask questions. I'll give you a little bit more information. And the link is, uh, again, is bit.ly slash fb-mtwbtb. And next week what we're going to talk about is we're going to continue our SEO lab series and take a look at off-page optimization techniques that uh, will help your audience find you. So if you have any questions that I haven't answered, again, email me at Janet at 411MarketingSolutions.com or connect with us on our new Facebook group uh, page at Marketing That Won't Break the Bank podcast. Uh, thank you for joining me today on Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. I really hope it's been informative and you've come away with uh, some new ideas on how to market your business. Don't forget to join us in our Marketing That Won't Break the Bank podcast Facebook group in about five or ten minutes. And have a great week, and I'll see you on the flip side. Thank you for tuning in this week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Be sure to join Janet Kunst for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you can use what you've learned in today's show and step up your marketing efforts.